Not, not quite my tempo. I'm going to make him an offer, Captain. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Multiplex Loves Movies. This is episode 80. We've done this 80 times. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Uh, but I'm very excited uh, because I, I, despite the fact that, to quote Mr. Uh, Coho from earlier, the Oscars are a uh, giant circle jerk for the famous people of Hollywood, which it is. I still love it. I like talking about movies. I like discussing this. Uh, that's going to be the main thing we do today. But before we get started, let's introduce the panel. We got Caleb Coho. Caleb, how are you? Doing good. Uh, I'd like uh, an asterisk next to that statement. That was me as Nick Tuig <laughs> saying those words. Uh, so Hollywood, do not get mad at me for your own circle jerk. Uh but yeah, this is gonna be fun. Uh, I those that, that was a wild Oscar morning for me. I'm glad I get to talk about it. Uh, and then first time to the show, I believe, is yeah. the mass hole himself, uh, Lucas Schildbach. Lucas, how are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, I think the secret to the Oscars is if you just remember that it is a bunch of people voting on awards and they have biases and flaws like any people voting on any awards, it becomes a lot more enjoyable if you just kind of acknowledge that. It's not a perfect thing, and it's never going to be, but just, like, have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before we get into all the Oscar talk, uh, something really important is going on this week. I I want to talk about it. I want to make sure that the audience knows this is extremely important. Guys, I cannot stress this enough. It's the Snyder Cut Week. Happy Snyder Cut Week. Um, Snyder Cut drops on Thursday. I'm gonna call it the Snyder Cut. I think they call it Zack Snyder's Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. They tweeted out something on their Twitter today that was like a fake, like, uh, um, like call in sick to work or school thing where it was like, dear, whatever, uh, and then like a fill in the blank for your name of like, this person has to stay home to watch <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. And Did I you see like, who the doctor who signs it is though? No, what was it? Ryan Choi, which is the the third Adam uh, in the comic So I was just like, that's kind of fun. I don't know. Uh, the movie right now has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is much higher than the 29% that the theatrical from 2017 has. Um, I wasn't really looking forward to watching it, but honestly, now I'm really curious. Uh, I don't think it's going to be good. Uh, but I'm looking forward to watching it now, at least. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the four by three aspect ratio. What no. the fuck are they doing? Zach, stop. Stop it. Uh, I'm not going to get your guys' opinions on it because I want to move on. <laughs> but happy Snyder Cut week, yeah. everybody. Um, the first story we're going to get into before Oscars, we got a couple things, is this is actually a really big deal. Uh, Avatar is now the number one movie of all time again it was re-released in china i believe this last weekend and it made like 20 million or something weird something stupid like that and now it has outgrossed avengers endgame it's the highest grossing movie again um 
come on. Like, okay, I like Avatar. I saw it when it came out, and that was one of the first movies that really made me, like, love going to the theater. Like, I've always loved going, but that was one where I saw it, and I was like, oh, shit, this is insane. Um, I haven't seen it in probably seven years. I think I watched it right when Maggie and I started dating, uh, but that was the last time, so that was about seven years ago. So I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, Endgame could be re-released next week and do the same thing. So I think we're going to see this for a while. Koho, what do you think? I literally saw a meme today on Twitter, though. It's just like uh, they underestimate how, how rabid the Marvel fan base is after having an entire year of no MCU movies. That if they put out Endgame next week, it'd make like 50 million, 100 million if all theaters were open and it'd be done. Like they'd take it back again. So uh, it's whatever. It, they'll get it back eventually. Lucas, what do you think? I mean, I just love the pettiness of James Cameron, who's like, I just need to have that spot back. I'm going to put it in China. I, I, I think the thing is he'll keep doing this because he just kind of can. Um, the MCU is a little more limited because they have to kind of schedule it. It's a bigger company. If James Cameron wants to put Avatar out 20 individual times in China over the next two years, he can probably pull that off. Um, I, I think this is the most pointless debate ever, um, especially if you look at inflation and stuff. Like Endgame isn't the highest grossing all time. It probably never will be because it exists in a world where movie tickets are significantly more expensive and there's significantly um, more options for like higher end theaters. Yeah. So obviously we're going to see this happen a hundred times in like the next hundred years. It's just every time there's a new big movie comes out. I mean, at some point movie theaters, it'll cost you $25 to go to a matinee. And then, you know, some random movie is going to make, you know, half a billion dollars it's it's just going to be it's like it's going to be a constant circle jerk it's it's i don't it's, it'll never end that's fair that's fair i mean like like five years ago six years ago force awakens is yeah. making almost a billion domestically uh that movie comes out today or not today i guess because covid but it comes out in a time where everything's normal we haven't had star wars in a while and it probably does break a billion based on just the what you said, tickets alone, the prices increasing and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I think I agree with Lucas. It'll go back and forth. Another movie's going to do it eventually. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen in the next five to ten years, but I think it's going to happen eventually. It's just it's a shitload of money these movies made. Um, speaking of theaters and whatnot, so this is pretty exciting. Um, none of us live in that in L.A., but... <clears throat> Theaters are opening in LA uh, soon. I read the 19th, but I guess today I read that AMC Burbank 16, which is kind of AMC's like flagship theater in LA, um, is open. Christopher Nolan went and saw a film there. Uh, he tweeted about it. And I actually went on their website to look to see what they were playing. And I was like, what did Chris Nolan go to see at AMC? Did he go to see Boogie or did he go check out Raya? Maybe he snuck into a showing of Tom and Jerry. Like, you never know. I don't know what Chris Nolan is seeing, but uh, this is exciting. Uh, New York opened a couple weeks ago. Now that LA is open again, those are the two big markets that a lot of studios were waiting um, to have open to send content to. Uh, now that, and I, I, like I said, I was on the website, I was looking through. They, today, on a Tuesday, they had a ton of shows sold out literally sold out uh, and i looked at other shows too that had tickets available tons of tickets sold so very promising um lucas what film do you think christopher nolan saw today or yesterday at amc 
I mean, it's so hard to. I, my guess initially would be it would be some kind of Oscar play that are mm. kind of still out in the theaters. Um, the Father or something like that. Yeah, I mean, The Father, from what I've heard, has some interesting stuff going on technically that he might be interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is good for the industry, obviously. Um, and this is actually a good time for it to kind of open up because they do have the Oscar movies. You know, they're not trying to rely on waiting for the next blockbuster because the problem right now is that a lot of the stuff that you could see in theaters, you can also watch in your house so that a lot of people might make the choice to be like, I don't feel safe doing that. You know, the Oscars are kind of a good example where it's like, it's going to cost you money to do it at home. You could also go to the theaters. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's a kind of a good time. Oscars just happened. Those movies have, you know, publicity. They've got some buzz. You know, it's a good time of the year to be like, people like to do their Oscar watches in a big theater because, you know, less distractions and just a better experience for everyone around. So, you know, it's a good time for the theaters to open up. Absolutely. And then uh, Coho, we've got big, like Lucas said, no big blockbusters right now, except for maybe Raya. But in a few weeks, Godzilla versus Kong is coming out. Nobody's okay. coming out. Um, Godzilla will, of course, be on HBO Max, but nobody um, will be only in theaters. And then we've got a couple movies in April as well. So uh, how do you feel about this? Very, very, very excited. Uh, this doesn't affect me personally, but I'm just excited that like people can go see movies again. Like it starts to feel like we're getting a little bit back more to some sort of semblance of what normal was, um, and that's just always like a nice little serotonin boost. Uh, also, we all know Nolan absolutely went to go see the War with Grandpa. Like that's playing somewhere, and he went and saw that. He went to go see. He went to go see Bobby D. Uh, but um, yeah, this is exciting. Uh, I can't wait to go see a movie in my theater soon um i and, and you know those in the heights trailers dropped so that just gets me more fucking excited yeah. <laughs> to go see that on the big screen i cry at every new trailer and that's not an exaggeration we we watched the new trailer i almost put it on the show so i'm, I'm glad you brought it up we'll, we'll talk about it real quick i was not impressed with these new tra that first Which one the first in the heights trailer the one that dropped well over a year ago yeah. in 2019 great loved it Every time I see that trailer, goosebumps. And I haven't seen the show. I don't know what the show is mm. really about, other than like yeah. the base thing when I get in the trailer. Love the music. I think it looks fantastic. These two new trailers that dropped yesterday or Sunday or whatever. Yeah. Meh. So I didn't like one of them, but that's not because I didn't think it showed me anything cool. I just think that they need to commit to the choice to only using the first song from the show as the trailer song because using any other one doesn't have the same feel as to like a trailer song like it'd be like if they put like breathe which is like the one of the most emotional songs in the thing and just you're trying to sell a musical like it doesn't quite work um the other one they did where i can't remember was it the washington uh, where they, one was the one i liked better yeah that's that's when they do in the heights yeah the one okay. where they actually play in the heights like the title song under it it works they actually play large portions of that scene in that trailer, so I was like kind of excited and I was a little bummed because they totally give away the Lennon Mom Miranda camera. Yeah, me and Maggie were both like, that was Christopher Jackson. Not only that, that was yeah, they I didn't know Christopher Jackson was gonna be in the movie. That was the spoiler from this trailer, was that he's not on the IMDb cast list at all. But Lynn is. Yeah. Lynn's been at the top of it for a while as Paragua guy. So if you've seen the show or heard the soundtrack, you know exactly what that means and who he is in his one line. And then they put in the trailer, and I'm like, what the shit? <laughs> like <laughs> I love Lynn, but why are you blowing this cameo for me? Uh, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm going to see it no matter what. Do you care about it in the Heights, Lucas? I mean, I'm excited to see it. I like the original and the initial trailer. I tend to be a one trailer or no trailers guy when it comes mm -hmm. to movies, especially for stuff that I know going into it, I'm interested. I was interested in In the Heights at the beginning. 
Uh, the first trailer was fun, so I was like, I don't need to see any more. I'll end up seeing this kind of regardless. I do also find that with big movies like that, they have a really bad track record of ruining their movies by more and more trailers. It's like, you know, I mean, this is a classic superhero thing where they're like, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot with a third or fourth trailer because they just Spider -Man. they make just, they just <laughs> make dumb war. choices when they just start giving you too much information. You're like, you could have just stopped. We had one fun trailer. I could just rewatch that fun trailer. You don't have to give me another one. That's mm -hmm. fair. All right, uh, let's move on to the next thing. Um, this one I'm very excited about. We've actually talked about it on the show before when it was rumored. Now it's confirmed. Michael B. Jordan is directing Creed 3. Uh, we don't know anything about the plot or anything yet, um, but I'm very excited about this. Uh, Creed 1 is fantastic. The last time I watched it, I finally bumped it up to the 5 out of 5. Uh, it's it's kind of the perfect sports movie. It really is. Uh, Creed 2, real good. Lots of fun. Really like that movie, but I don't think it's as good as the first one, but really, really fun nonetheless. Um, so I'm very excited to see what we do next. Stallone's not going to be there. That's the implication, I'm assuming, based on the end of Creed 2. Uh, we won't have Stallone, but I think Michael B. Jordan directing for the first time, this is the perfect spot to do it. Stallone didn't first direct for Rocky, but I think he had directed maybe one movie and then did Rocky two, and worked worked out for him. So I'm I'm okay uh, with this. I think this is awesome, Lucas. What do you think? I mean, I feel like this is you're right. This is the perfect place to do it. It's going to be kind of hard for you to fail because this movie isn't going to ask you as a director to do anything crazy or go over the top. I mean, they the first movie it's obviously Coogler, so you have a lot of faith. The second one, they announced somebody named Stephen Cable Jr. You've never, most people have never heard of this person. And just kind of based on the franchise and what um, the history of it is, you're kind of just like, yeah, I'm sure he can do it. And he just kind of does. I'm, I'm sure he'll have good people around him. I'm sure he'll have a good writing team. I'm sure Coogler will still be there as some kind of, um, you know, advisor if he yeah. needs it. I'm sure he'll have plenty of people around him. This is, this is kind of the perfect scenario where you get to direct the movie you're already in. So you don't have to deal with another actor. You just have to direct yourself you're probably it's probably that's easier than trying to you know take control of a completely different thing that you're not uh connected to in the first place uh Koho, i know you're a big fan of these movies oh, on your wall <laughs> what, do you, what do you think uh listen i love creed one and two a lot uh i like the rocky franchise as a whole but creed one and two are almost on just like a different level for me with this franchise what they've done with those i really enjoy i think michael george has been doing some really good work in those movies and i'm very excited to see what he does behind the camera with it um i think he's i think there's a there like he he obviously can't he probably i'm not gonna say can't because it's possible for him to destroy it but i think he like he's got a very good shot at making at least a competent film as the director of Creed 3. Um, I am worried a little bit about this movie that Stallone's not in it. And like, I get that at some point we have to say goodbye to Rocky Balboa, but in my heart, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Rocky off screen. Like that's not like for one of the great American film icon characters. I don't want Rocky to die off screen. I don't think he's like, dead. I think he's just okay. he, he went he went away, he went to see his son and his grandkids. Sure. They're, they're gonna play catch. I think you know that's that's what sure. we're doing. We're we're not saying goodbye right. death. I don't think death needs me. I think we could do Creed Four and he could show back up. Hey, kid. sure. And you know, <laughs> you do like do one more yeah. thing. Uh, there's, there's totally a world where he's just like not part of the story, and yeah. that's fine. But like, but like, to me, the implication was uh, was like at the end of Creed two that Rocky had done everything and that his arc was fulfilled, and now yeah. he's gonna die. And I was like, I don't want him to die. Well, I don't think it implies death. It just implies he's, he's gonna go. I think it means he's gonna go spend the 
that's true. his life with his family, but that's true. Uh, not necessarily. I am very excited to see what he does, and I hope Winston Duke's in this movie. That's just a weird hope. I hope Winston Duke plays a character in this movie. I know that has like no relation to Michael B. Jordan besides Black Panther, but like I think Winston Duke would fit into this franchise really well, especially if he's like a not like I almost don't even want him to be like a fighter. I just want him to be like a traitor or like a friend or something that like would flip the norm of what you would expect Winston Duke to be in a Creed movie. He's like, the best part of anything he's in, especially the oh, fuck yeah. bad horror movie that came out in 2019 that everyone loves. Whoa! Um, I mean, he already plays, a, already plays a fighter in Spencer Confidential, so, you know, he's got the there cred that right there. Sucks. But no, anyway, it's, I'm, I'm a little bit of a sucker because if you put anything in Boston, there's I'm going to get some basic level of enjoyment. It's directed it. by Peter Berg and stars Mark. <laughs> your, your game. Okay, uh, let's move on to the final story before the Oscars talk. Uh, last week we talked about Mission Impossible, and we're talking about it again because we got some more casting news for Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Um, none other than Peter himself, Rob Delaney from Deadpool 2. Uh, he's been in other stuff. He's actually most recently in Tom and Jerry. Uh, he's going to be in this movie. I'm very excited about that uh, because I do do like him a lot. I think he's very funny. Um, we're also getting Charles Parnell. Um, I'm going to butcher her name, but Indira Varma, she was That's on Game correct. of Thrones. Um, she's going to be here. Uh, the only one I don't know here, but the big one, Dr. Gordon himself, Carrie Elwes, is going to be in Mission Impossible. Hell yeah. I'm very excited about that uh, because, you know, fuck Princess Bride, but Saw. Saw. <laughs> uh, Lucas. What about those names excited you? Do you like Mission Impossible? I have no idea. Oh, I do. Oh, absolutely. Who does? I mean, like, outside of, like, I'm not super high on 2, because that movie's a weird, uh, kind of a mess. But, yeah, especially the recent run, where they've really kind of gotten more consistent. In some ways, uh, doing the individual director per movie was kind of fun, but it also meant that you had some weird tonal shifts and some weird, like, this character matters in this movie, and then they suddenly don't matter again. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think actually Mark Gaddis is weirdly the one of those that I'm most excited about. I think he will, he, I think he's really good in the, uh, British government, British spy, British bureaucracy role. What is he probably, in? He's, um, Mycroft from, uh, Sherlock. BBC Sherlock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah. He's also in Game of Thrones. He plays the banker in Game of Thrones. Oh? Yeah. Oh, the Macon now she wants to be on the show. Go ahead. Something that you know Okay, she's gonna look it up, but keep going. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy is another one. He's in that. Yeah, he's in. He's everyone like everyone kind of, British is in that. So. He's a classic British actor. He kind of has that um kind of stiff upper lip, a little bit uh uptight personality, and I think he will kind of fit very well into this franchise as kind of a government backstabbery, you know, kind of just the basic tone. He fits it well. And the other people are like um, Indira Varmer is interesting. Um, she was just cast in something else too. I feel like yeah, she she's one of those people that like. I feel like she's not particularly great on Game of Thrones, but she consistently gets roles everywhere. Um, maybe she has like a look that people want, or she just has like she fits into like slots that people need to fill in movies. Um, Carrie always was just a very random one. I did not expect <laughs> that. That was just like a because that's not typically in the vein of who they tend to cast. They tend to cast Elvis is much more of a like a star of yesteryear, somebody that we know from our past. The other people tend to be more. Uh, people of the moment in terms of acting wise, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good people. Um, I'm sure they'll use them. Well, I'm sure it'll be a good cast. Carrie always most recently appearing in the uh, shit house, uh, black Christmas remake, 
uh, that was just terrible. Uh, the other thing that uh, Varma was cast in that I was thinking of is she's going to be in the Obi Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus. Right, that is what she was cast in. Uh, Maggie, did you find out what we were looking I was at? Of a you were thinking of a different person. Got it. Coho, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. The Marketus is in it. Uh, I, I like him in a lot of things. Like he's one of the eight actors that that Britain has that shows up in everything. Uh, I think he's also. I literally just watched King's Speech. I think he's in that too. Uh, and he's like Doctor Who. He's been in that a oh, yeah. lot. Um, so I I've seen him in a lot of things. He's good. Uh, I think he's in 1917. Maybe uh, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but he's a good actor. He's a good character actor. Um, very, I, I like that he's in it. Um, I'm also kind of excited about Carrie Elwes being in it, uh, because if you've ever seen him in Psych, uh, he showed up in Psych for a little bit as an international art thief, um, who was really, really, really charismatic and really funny, and he was like really fun to watch in that role. So if they like kind of take elements of that skill set that he has and implement it to Mission Impossible, I think that would be really fun. And can make for either a really fun antagonist or a really fun side character, or even a really fun ally for them. Uh, I think it's I think he's going to fit in really well. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into the main thing we're talking about: the Oscars. We're not going to maple. I don't know. We'll see how much time we have. Uh, we'll definitely break down the big ones. Uh, but uh, let's get started right away with the biggest one. Let's talk about Best Picture. Um, the nominations for Best Picture. There were eight films nominated. Some of them came out in 2021, and it's going to drive me mad for the rest of my yep. life. Uh, yep, same. The nominees are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. The only ones here I haven't seen yet are Minari and The Father. Uh, both are playing in theaters around me, so I will be seeing them very soon. Um, yeah, you know, for me here... Uh, there's nothing that really super surprised me except for the sound of metal. Uh, sound of metal was my number two favorite film of the year. Uh, so I'm very happy to see it get in because I think the movie's fantastic. Um, however, your number one <laughs> really bums me is my number one favorite movie of the year. One night in Miami is nowhere to be seen. Um, I love that movie and it's just not here. I think that movie is Leagues better than Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank. Um, sorry, sorry, Coho, but I think it's better than Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, but I see why all of those movies are here. I just wish I know there's like things with the numbers and everything that they how they calculate it, but when you have a possible 10 spots, it should be here. Uh, but that's my opinion. Uh, if I had to pick something that I think is probably going to win, I think right now, I, I if I had to bet, if I had to bet money, I would say Nomadland. But I think Nomadland, I think Trial could give it a run for its money. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not into the Gold Derby and all that stuff. Sure. I don't. I don't watch that stuff. But. For me, if I had to bet money on it, I would Nomadland is my pick. Coho, uh, what do you think? Nomadland is the smart money. It's probably going to win. Um, but uh, I, I can't I can't help but think this Oscar season is just going to go sideways at some point because the, the nominees were already bonkers uh, in a lot of categories. This was a category that I wouldn't say were bonkers, but it was like kind of just like, oh, 
like we like when we did the the Lucas and Zach show for it, we were like, oh yeah, one night Miami, Ma Rainey, like absolutely gonna get in, and we woke up and they they weren't in. Yeah. But two of the ones that we were like, maybe they could be the nine and the ten, which were like Metal and Judas got in into the eight, and I was like, okay, like I and this is personal benchmark, my second year in a row where I got to see all the nominees before they were announced. So uh, I actually had opinions about them this year when they were brought up, and I I hate that. The father's in here, and One Night Miami isn't. Uh, the father Dude, the is real good. It's fine. Like it's not a bad movie. It's just not nearly top ten movies of twenty twenty oh. for me. Uh, I think like One Night Miami and Ma Rainey's are significantly better movies. Um, and it's just kind of a bummer. Uh, but hey, like of the ones that are here, I get why Manx here. I'm glad Minari got in. That's a good movie. Uh, no man lands good. I love that promising young woman like is stuck with the conversation as much as it has. And actually, I would say if I had to make my weird oddball thing, I think while going into nominations, I said trial probably is the best shot at upsetting it. I think promising young woman might have the best shot at upsetting it now because it has the editing and the director where Sorkin didn't get nominated. So I think promising young woman might be the actual number two right now. Lucas, what do you think? I mean, I think it was when we're sitting down to predictions, I think we expected the two um, play movies to have more strength than they did. I think we also underestimated how much Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has become a Viola Chadwick movie. And the rest of that movie is um, not considered on the level of those two, Yeah, which I actually don't personally disagree with. I think Ma Rainey's is kind of flat as a movie, although I, those performances clearly the standouts. Um, yeah, I mean, Sound of Metal, I think we underestimated how strong it was, how much of a um, upward trajectory it was on, like cuz clearly it had a lot of a lot of buzz. I did not expect it to get, you know, pumped into so many categories as it did. And then Judas was just like, I think that was just an underestimating how much power there is for that that movie that always comes out last minute and then just kind of jumps into the Oscar. You know, this is the Phantom Thread move, the last second one that just doesn't really get any of the precursors and then just jumps into best picture at the last moment. Um, it's honestly a pretty decent Oscar uh, Best Picture class. Like, I think Trial of Chicago is my least, fa least favorite of the movies I've seen. And if that's my least favorite, um, that's fair. That's not that's not a terrible year. Like, that's like a three or three and a half movie. Like, that's not like there have been years where you're looking and there's like legitimately a movie that is bad. Yeah, I don't yeah. think this year has a bad movie. I would agree with that. I don't. I don't, think, single, I don't think there's a single movie of the ones that I've seen that I gave a three star to. Everything I gave was yeah. either four or five. I give one. The father is my lowest, and that's three and a half. So yeah, it was a good class. Ma Rainey's had a three for me, but that actually fell out. So in the last minute, it kind of worked out um, for me. The only other thing that I'm sad isn't here, and this is just a personal thing because it was also in my top three of the year. Uh, I honestly thought Soul was gonna sneak it out. I thought there was some chance in there that Soul might have been able to be the next Pixar movie to sneak in, just based on all the. Um, on the score win at the golden globes and, and the, uh, and the best animated feature. And just the, the, there's a lot of love for that movie. Uh, so I was, I was expecting it to maybe have the up toy story three factor. Didn't quite get there, but that's fine. Uh, that's not the end of the world for me. Um, I think it's, I think it's like uh, hype just kind of died a little bit. Like when it missed the yeah. WGA and everything, it just kind of feels like it kind of went a little down and yeah. it feels like a, it feels like a movie that people are acknowledging its quality, but are not necessarily in love with. And I think that's what thing you see with a lot of time with Best Picture is it, movies that are intellectually interesting often fall a little bit short, um, unless it's something like Mank that has so much of a like a Hollywood legacy to it, because you really need like passion behind your fan, like you need that passionate section of the Academy to like 
go out there and stamp it as their number one for that movie to end up in the best pictures. That's fair. All right, let's talk about the next uh, one. We're going to sneak over to what are we doing next? We're going to do actress in a supporting role. So let me find. We got that right there. Nailed it, baby. I nailed it. (laughs) So we are going uh, Maria Bakalova Borat. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, the father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and I'm going to butcher the name, but Yaun Ya Jung uh, for Minari. Uh, so again, haven't seen Minari, haven't seen the father, seen the other three. Uh, everyone loves Maria Bakalova. Uh, I haven't talked to Lucas about this at all, but I feel like he loves Maria Bakalova. Uh, uh, I thought Borat was fine. I thought she was good. She's the best part of the movie. Nominated for an Oscar. Okay, guys. Uh, really was a slow year, I guess. Uh, and, and that's only proven to me by the fact that Glenn Close was also nominated. But Hillbilly LG was not a great movie. She's very good in it. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, if I had to pick someone out of the three that I've seen, I'd give it to Amanda Seyfried. Uh, but again, I haven't seen Minari or The Father, and I hear both of those performances are really excellent. So. Uh, Lucas, what do you think about supporting actors? Um, it's the four we expected, and five was going to be the established Hollywood legend, and I thought it might be Foster, but it turned out to be close. Um, I think, honestly, Siegfried is kind of lucky she got in. Her that, that performance is dead in the water in terms of actual hype behind it. Mank is really is not, is not going in the right direction. Like I feel like um, Mank is heading towards the, oh, we got ten nominations and we got one technical win. Is kind of like the trend for that film, or it could be The Irishman, where it's not yeah. for right. wins zero. And, yeah, yeah and that's what it really feels like. I, th- I think it's the true grade of The Irishman, where it's no wins but ten nominations. Yeah, it was everyone acknowledges it's well right. made. Like it was the highest right. nominated, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Coho, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I called these five, uh, and that made me super excited because I was very nervous at the end there because everyone was telling me that Martanian was going to get a love and Jodie Foster was going to get the nomination. My gut was like, no, nah, I'm going to stick with close. Uh, and, I'm, and I like Glenn close a lot in that movie. I think that movie's bad, but I think she's good. In it. She's good. Um, Martin, I really like Maria. Mar- if you, I, 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 I'm excited to watch it. I haven't seen I, it. I, I've been singing the praises of the movie. It's a great movie. If you haven't watched it, I know it's not nominated for anything, but go watch it. Sorry. Go ahead. Go. I, I do plan on seeing it. I'm excited about it. Uh, but also, it's 2021. Why the fuck would it be nominated here? Get out of my movie. Uh, I'm with I'm with you on that. Um, but uh, I, I I really hope Yoo Jung Yoon wins uh, or Yoon Yoon Jung. I don't they say it both ways all the time, so I don't know. Uh, but I hope she wins. She's really good. She's my favorite part of Minari. Um, Coleman is is good in the father. I I'm just excited. Baklova got in because I I think the story behind her involvement in that movie at all is really sweet. Um, the and her performance really pays off that kind of we pulled you out of obscurity to be in this movie and play and she had a hard kind of role to fill where she has to be the right level of endearing and not be super annoying she could have very easily just been another Borat ish character that gets annoying really fast and I, I think that that performance worked uh, pretty well uh, I liked her in that movie um, so I'm excited that she got the nomination she might win um, but I, I'm gonna put the money right now on uh, on uh, on Minari. Really? I think okay. that's I would good. I would put money on Bakalova. She is the ingenue. She's the newcomer. The Oscars loves giving acting awards to actresses, especially when they're new. It doesn't exist as much in the in the male categories, but they love the ingenue story. I do think the slight spoiler is potentially close. 
Um, I doubt that happens, though. I, I don't like. I don't think it's going to happen. But there is always the narrative of like Glenn Close deserves an Oscar. Unfortunately, J Glenn Close, they really want to give her one, and she just cannot, for the life of her, get the four star movie or the three and a half star movie to be in. She's out there like doing the wife and hillbilly elegy. It's like, and she's, she's great just, in the wife, and she's fantastic and, in that movie. Oh, absolutely, yeah. she's good in it. But like, it's one of those situations. Like, can you just get the slightly better movie so we can feel yeah. okay giving you this win? Can you just get? Can you just get the post level, or can you just get the high name director and get like the three and a half four star movie? She just keeps missing out. She keeps doing these movies that like she makes it so hard on them to just give her the Oscar that they clearly want to do it because she's like, I did Hillbilly Elegy, which like she's good in it. I mean, thank God they didn't nominate Amy Adams because Amy Adams is terrible. She's not good in that movie. <laughs> I mean, Close's biggest problem is that it takes you like 25 minutes in the movie to get past the makeup and the hair stuff because it's is real thick and it, it's like hard to get through as a performance. And you like start saying, "Oh, she's actually acting." It's not just like you know stuff coded on her. She almost looks like that one guy from that one show. What is that? Trailer Park Boys. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's got like the giant eyes. It is a real. It is a real kind of cliche like. Uh, poor white people look that like th they're leaning really heavy into, especially with her. The, the whole movie does. But uh, let's get into the next one. Supporting actor. Oh boy, boys. We got some stuff with this one. Right. So uh, we've got Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of the Chicago seven. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, that's interesting. He's the Black Messiah. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Uh, Paul Rachi, Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. That's interesting because he's like the Judas. It's kind of funny how the title characters are nominated in the supporting category. That's interesting. Um, honestly, to me, that's the biggest story here is that both of them got nominated. We were on a thing where uh, Kaluuya was – he won the Golden Globe, right? Or am I crazy? He's been winning all of them. Like, and the he's, fact that he's great in the movie. I don't love yeah. the movie, but they both are fantastic. I think Lakeith is better, uh, but I think – and if you were going to – like, if you were going to green book these two into lead and supporting, I thought Lakeith was going to be in lead. Yeah. and he Because he's definitely the lead in the movie. They they can't Who's the lead if they're both the supporting? It makes right. Jesse Plemons. <laughs> it makes no it, sense. It, it, it's fucking Martin Sheen and Shay Edgar for the two seats he's in. It makes no sense. Uh, so I'm happy they both got nominated because Lakeith deserves it. He's excellent in everything he's in. So I'm very happy he's nominated for an Oscar. It's just the wrong Oscar. It's the complete wrong Oscar. It makes no sense. Um, if I'm picking someone to win, um, I'm picking I Paul Rachi, Paul Racy, whatever you say, Racy. however you say his name. He's so good in Sound of Metal. He's so good in that movie. I love him in the movie. Who do I think is going to win? I think it's probably going to be Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, and good on him because he deserves it. He's He's a kill. Like he's so good. He's so good in everything he's in. Uh, Koho, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, this was the category the where I most audibly went, "What?" Because uh, they said Sasha Baron Cohen. I was like, "All right, yeah, expected." I really like his performance in Charles Chicago Seven. Honestly, he might be my favorite of these five performances. Uh, I really like what he does, especially on the third watch. 
Um, but of course, I'm a Leslie Odom Jr. shill, so like I hope he wins. I don't know if he will. He was the early front runner. I don't think he will now with Chloe still in the race. Again, it's why I'm mad that 2021 movies are in here. This should be split. Leslie should have his Oscar for 2020. Kaluuya can win for 2021. I've been over this before. Um, uh, I honestly didn't think Paul Racy was going to get in um, because he didn't get any precursory nominations except for like a BAFTA. And the BAFTAs were batshit crazy this year to the point where it was like, who, who knows which of those stick in the Oscar race. So I, I wasn't sold on the hype of people being like, oh, he's going to get nominated. And then he did. So good on him. Uh, good for him. Um, he is good. Um, and then Lakeith was the wild one, especially because it's like the rare case where the movie itself, the studio itself, was campaigning him for best actor, for lead. And the Oscars went, nah, we're nominating him in supporting. Like, there's a large enough contingent that was like, nah, we're going to put him in supporting, despite you campaigning him as the lead of the movie. And that never happens. That's really weird. So, like, I'm, I'm happy he's got a nomination, but, like, I, I was sitting here in the camp where I thought they were going to fucking give Leto a nomination for little things. I thought he was going to get in there because of the, the precursory noms. And I was like, all right. Uh, but I'll take Lakeith over Leto. That's a nice surprise, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, Chloe is probably going to win. Lucas, what do you think? So, it's... It's like four you expected, and then there was a lot of guesses for what five was going to be, and it turned out to be Lakeith, which weirdly makes me question if Kaluuya is going to win because they put another guy from his same movie in there. Um, personally, I think Cohen is like the third best performance in Trial of Chicago 7. I think I, I stand by it's Yaya and Rylance are the better two performances in that film. Um, wow. So good in that movie. Well, that's he really is. I, I, I love, think I, both those performances are amazing. I just love Sasha Baron Cohen's performance a lot. And then, I mean, Odom Jr. is not my favorite in that one. So it's a weird category. It's a lot of supporting people that I don't necessarily uh, connect with. I do sort of wonder if Racy, because he got in, now actually has a shot because of the split in Judas and the Black Messiah and the clear um, push that seems to be behind Sound of Metal. And he's also the, a good narrative because he's like, a complete journeyman. The guy has like, he's on an episode of like parks and rec. Um, yeah. He's uh he plays the head of the animal control office in the episode. Oh. They have to catch the, well, they have to catch the possum. Yeah. The, on the golf course. Yeah. yeah he's, the, he's their boss. He's the two idiots awesome. boss. Yeah. He's just randomly in that. I think there's like, I think there's like a, I think Chloe is probably still the favorite, but there is a chance that maybe you put Lakeith and Daniel in the same category and maybe Racy slips through. It's definitely a, it's definitely an interesting category. And the like, key thing is like, he's so clearly the lead in that film. Kaluuya goes to jail for like twenty minutes and is not on screen. Yeah. And that movie is all about Lakeith. And it's like, I don't know how you justify that. That feels like very clearly this, them people going, we want to nominate Lakeith, but let's not put him in lead because that's already locked up. The other weird thing to point out is that everyone else in that category, besides the two people from the same movie and Paul Racy, so basically Leslie and Sasha are also nominees in other categories on the night. Like Sasha Baron Cohen is nominated for writing Borat and, uh, and Leslie's nominated for writing speak now for one night Miami, which is the favorite to win song. Yeah. So there's a chance where they're like, okay, we're not going to give Leslie supporting because he's going to win song. And we're not going to give Sasha supporting actor because he's going to win screenplay. I don't know if he will. I don't think it will, but that seems he could, there's a world where it's like, we can award them in other places where we can do that. So I can see Judas splitting and Racy winning just because he's the one of the group that isn't nominated anywhere else. And everyone is split on Judas. All right. Uh, because we're running uh, low on time, I'm going to skip like the shorts and the That's documentaries fine. and stuff, but, Pour one out for Boy State. I was wrong. Pour one out for Boy State. I actually watched a couple shorts last night. Uh, I said to myself, 
I'm not going to try to watch everything because that's a waste of time this year. And then look at me. I watched three shorts last night. Uh, so uh, we're going to skip that stuff, though. But I encourage you to watch the international feature films, the documentaries. The- Another round is so good. Another I round is so watch- good. I need to it's see on it. Hulu. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on it's on Voodoo and everything. Is it on Hulu for free? It's on Hulu. It's right on now. Hulu. I didn't know it was on Hulu for free. I think it just dropped today. Oh, okay. Well, I will be watching that next week. Uh, okay. Awesome. So uh, we are going to move on to original song, which uh, Koho just uh, mentioned before. We got Fight for You from Judas, Hear My Voice from Child of Chicago 7. Uh, is it Husafik? Yes. Husafik, yes. baby! <laughs> uh, and then uh, IOC from The Life Ahead and Speak Now from One Night Miami. Uh, I think Koho's right. I think Speak Now will probably win. But if Husafik won, that song oh, is please, smaller. please. That song is so good. The it's movie also- I liked. I didn't mm-hmm. love it. Like I know, I know you guys both really like. It. <laughs> <laughs> We're more in just the camp of we like memingly love that. Dong or what? Yeah, yeah, Ding Dong. I liked the movie, but I thought it was like twenty minutes too long. But that's besides the point. Um, the song is awesome. I would be so happy if it won. Uh, but I think uh, One Night Miami wins. That song is really great too. That's the one from the end, right? Yeah, that's the one but that he, plays over the credits. Oh, it plays over the credits. I thought it was well. The, the one at the end is a change is going to come, which is not original. <laughs> oh, I'm. I don't know. Do you? If but you that, that's that's that a great I know this. These things. I don't know these things. That's why I have <laughs> people here. Don't yell at me, Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> oh ho! What, what you, you already kind of you know yeah. said what you think is going to win. But what do you think yeah. of the category? I think Speak Now is probably going to win. I think uh, IOC, that's the Diane Warren one, right? That's the. Yeah. I think that actually has a good chance at upsetting because it, this is actually a pretty wide open song year. Like there isn't one clear song that everyone loves from the season. Um, I think Speak Now and IOC are the two that are like, they're up there because we have Leslie Odom Jr. who we're trying to make an EGOT because he's super talented and we love him. Uh, and Diane Warren, who has been nominated 80,000 fucking times for writing bad songs uh, and some good ones. Uh, and she probably could totally walk away with a win for this one because it's a good song. It's a fine song. It's not Speak Now. Um, but it's also not Husevic, which is my favorite one nominated. And I hope it wins. If Husevic wins, I will scream so <laughs> loud on Oscar's night. I want Husevic to win so badly. That song's so good. Um, but yeah, I, I hope Eurovision gets an Oscar so badly, but it won't. Uh, Lucas, what do you think? I mean, I agree that I wish Husevic would win only because it's the only one of the songs that matters in the actual movie. It's an actual scene in the movie. Um, the Diane Warren song is the credits. Uh, the One Night Miami song is the credits. Literally, I think all four of the other ones are all credit songs. Um, mm-hmm. I do wonder if One Night in Miami just doesn't have anything behind it anymore because it got... I mean, I never, didn't expect it to get certain categories, but like it got knocked out of picture. Um it's and gonna be interesting. I do wonder if Husevic is certainly like a weird twist result that ends up winning because people want to see a more interesting song performed at the Oscars. Um, it, it could be the interesting play. I, I would agree that yeah, it, it, this category is usually like pick the most famous person, um, and that's probably or the Disney movie, right? And th- we were talking about this the other day. It's like this category is really struggling because. There is no La La Land. There is no big musical song, big musical movie. There is no big Disney movie. There's nothing that has like a super huge. There is no, um, there's no big song for this year. Like all these songs are in Netflix movies or like over the credits. 
So like it's it's a it's a smaller category than you know typical years. Yeah. All the Pixar songs took each other out, I guess, because none of them made the shortlist. None of them were that great. I mean, carried with carried me with you, and it's all right. We're both two that I was like, yeah, those were good. So I don't know. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about animated feature. We got Onward, Over the Moon, Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Let's fucking go. Uh, Soul and Wolfwalkers. Uh, I haven't seen Shaun the Sheep 2 yet. I saw the first one and loved it. Great movie. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching the second one. I believe it's on Netflix. Uh, this is going to go to Soul. Uh, it's yeah. going to. I hear Wolfwalkers is great. I hear Over the Moon is great. Better get out of here. It is. Uh, it's not better because you're wrong. <laughs> I, I loved Onward, but I liked Soul more. I, this is going to Soul. Uh, it, I, I don't think there's a question about it. Uh, whereas, like, last year, we were seriously wondering, like, after Toy Story 4 lost the Golden Globe, we were like, oh, shit, is Toy Story not going to win this Oscar? And then, yeah, it cost me winning. It literally cost me winning our pool because I, we all tied. Uh, but, it, but it won. So I think Soul is going to win. Uh, I don't see it going any other way. Lucas, do you? No. When doubt bet picks are, um, especially if it's not like a year where it's the good dinosaurs, unless it's the true bottom barrel. Like, I think the only chance that Pixar loses this category, if this is only onward, I don't necessarily think they win. I agree. But it, but I think that because they have Soul, Soul is definitely more... I, I, I like Wolfwalkers more than Soul, but like I, I'm not going to stand here and, and argue that uh, that, that Wolfwalkers is going to win. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. It just has a significantly smaller footprint. Um, Shaun the Sheep Armageddon was kind of a random one. I thought it was going to be Crude's because Shaun the Sheep got like dumped on Netflix in last February. Like This is a really small... Like I, like I They didn't even talk about it. They just kind of threw it on there. Um, so I, you know, I didn't even know it was on Netflix until I researched it. Yeah. yeah, it's very enjoyable. It's a it's a fun movie and not maybe not as good as the first one, but um yeah, I was happily surprised to see that there. Um certainly didn't expect it considering that movie was not released with any kind of fanfare at all. Co did we go yet on this one? I don't think we did. No, the Sean the Sheep franchise is now a double Oscar nominee. Think about that. Uh yeah, Soul's gonna win. Uh of the four I've seen four of these. I haven't seen she- uh Sean the Sheep. Uh Wolfwalkers is my least favorite of the four. So get out get out That's of my an face. Insane take. <laughs> get out of my face. Wolfwalkers is my least favorite of the four. Uh Soul Soul rightfully is gonna win. Should win. It should win. All right, um, let's move on. Adapted screenplay. Borat, the father, Nomad Land, One Night in Miami, The White Tiger. Uh that was an interesting one. Um, I saw the trailer. Uh, I, I watched the trailer because it was playing at a theater near me like the week before it dropped on Netflix. And I was like, oh, is this something I would want to go see? I watched the trailer and I said, nah, I'll watch it on Netflix if it someone tells me it's good. Now I guess I got to watch it. Um, so I don't know anything about it beyond what I saw in that trailer. Um, but it didn't seem that interesting to me. But uh, this is tough. I think... I. <laughs> Why is Nomadland nominated? Like, I don't think that screenplay is really like the thing that I like loved about that movie. And like, I don't love the movie, but like, it's the directing, it's the performance, it's the uh, the cinematography is what I loved about Nomadland, not the not the screenplay. Uh, so if I had to give it to something here again, sight unseen on the father and the white tiger, I give it to One Night Miami. Coho, what about you? I would love to hand this award to One Night Miami, but I think Chloe Zhao is going to walk away with almost every Oscar she's nominated for tonight. Um, I think that she's going to win for writing it. Um, but, I mean, I, this is going to be the Oscars prediction from the Lucas and Zach show that I kicked myself the most because I literally said it out loud. I was like, you know, Borat and White Tiger, they both have been doing well. They could probably sneak a nomination for screenplay and something gets knocked out. And I didn't 
officially locked that in as my prediction, and then it fucking happened. Uh, but Borat, I again, I'll always wonder why the fuck do we nominate Borat for screenplay every time? Uh, because there's not a script. Borat does not have a script. It is an improv film. This one has more of a script because there's an actual like third act villain and shit, I guess. But like, it's improv. Why do we nominate these things? Um, I, it's probably gonna go to Nomadland. Um, it, that's uh, the other weird thing to, that I fact was that there are now two franchises that have had the first two installments. I saw nominated that. for yeah. The Godfather and Borat are now on the same level, and that is so weird. Uh, Lucas, what about you? Um, it was the thing where it was like you woke up and you were surprised that Borat and White Tiger got it, and then you took a step back and were like, I'm not surprised at all that these two got it. Uh, Raman Barhani is very well regarded internationally, and this is the type of movie that gets the screenplay nod, nothing else. Um, screenplay is often the category where they give it to the interesting movie that doesn't have a lot of uh, chance in any other category, um, and I, we, we literally were doing the predictions and we were talking about how that's kind of a trend. And then none of us predicted any of the interesting ones. Yep. And then it turned out to be white tiger. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay. Let's move on to original screenplay. Judas and the black Messiah, Minari promising young woman, sound of metal trial, of the Chicago seven uh, for me uh, again, sight unseen a Minari. My pick here would probably be promising young woman, but I think this is going to be Sorkin's. I think this is probably going to go to Sorkin. Uh, that's my guess. The only way I see it not going to Sorkin is if they want to give Emerald an award and they don't give her director, uh, then you give the screenplay. Um, I could see it going to either. Uh, Lucas, what do you think? Uh, it's interesting because you typically would just lock in Sorkin for screenplay, but I do think getting kicked out of another category might hurt his chances overall. Um, it is one where Fennel does really feel like somebody they want to stake their flag on. And they're very unlikely to give her uh, director because yeah. I feel like that category is as about, about as maybe the second most locked up category of any of them. Yes. Um, because a specific movie is so closely linked to its director more than literally any other, other one is. Um, I would like Promising Young Woman to get it because I think that's just a more interesting screenplay. And I also think Trial of the Chicago 7 has some pretty big problems that I, I wish that Sorkin would maybe go back to working with some other people because somebody should have told him at some point during his movies that there are stuff in them that he doesn't need to have in them that don't work and that his movie would be better if he didn't create um, fake moments that fall flat. That's fair. Coho? I, I think Sorkin's going to rightfully win the Oscar. Um, I, 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 I am a Sorkin shill. I'll always, I'll always just straight up admit that I think Sorkin's the greatest screenwriter uh, of all time. I think he's brilliant. Uh, so I think Trials is a really solid script. One of his best, not, not not his best, but one of his best. I really enjoy it. Um, I think he's going to win. I would love it if uh, Emerald Fennell did win because I also really love Promising Young Woman. It's not a very large gap between how much I like those movies. In fact, I like Promising Young Woman more as a movie. Um, but I, I think, I think Sorkin's script is going to pull through in the end. Um, I, I, I could also maybe see Judas and the Black Messiah pulling an upset here. Uh, if they wanted to give it another thing, I don't know if they do. Um, yeah, Sound of Metal's nomination was also one that I was like, oh, okay. Huh. Good for them. I guess Darius Martyr, now an Oscar nominee. Good for him. Uh, he should be. Uh, has, he did a great job. Has Sorkin won before? 
Uh, not in original. He won his Oscar for Social Network for Adapted. Social, okay. That's what yeah, I That's his only one. Uh, uh, he's been nominated for every movie except for Steve Jobs in the, this last decade that he's written. Wolf. All right. Uh, next, we're going to go into actor in a leading role. Uh, this has some uh, pretty, I mean, this is pretty much what we expected, except for yeah. I think maybe one. We got Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yun for Minari. Um, again, sight and scene of Minari. Gotta watch it. Um, if I had to pick one here, um, I would want Riz Ahmed to win. But I realize that the lock is Chadwick Boseman. Uh, and Chadwick is great in the movie. He's so good in the movie. The final scene of that movie kind of makes the movie. I agree with Lucas where uh, it, it I, li- I liked it a lot when I was watching it. And then I kind of forgot about it. Uh, but he's excellent in the movie. He deserves to win. Uh, so, yeah, Koho, what do you think? I have. I will say it once. I've said it a thousand times. I think Chadwick Boseman is the best performance of the year. Um, I think he's great. Uh, I am excited to see uh, that they award him an Oscar, even though he won't be here to accept it, which breaks my heart because that would be one of the greatest acceptance speeches I can already tell. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm excited he's going to win. Uh, it's basically a lock. Uh, I, I'm so sad Delroy Lindo didn't pull the upset at the end. Um, I really, I, there was really no shot towards there at the end that he was really going to get in, but I was just hoping for some weird, uh, weird Monday morning nomination miracle that they were like, Hey, Delroy Lindo instead of Gary Oldman. Uh, and I would have just been so excited because he's so good in the five bloods. Um, but yeah, I like, I like all five of these performances. I think all of them were good performances. Uh, I think Bozum's great. I think Hopkins is really good. Um, I also really like Steven Yeun and Minari. So, um, good, great, like really good five. Uh, and I'm excited for Bozum to win. Lucas. Yeah, it's the five you expected. Um, I agree that it's kind of sad that Delroy Lindo, who basically that's that's the role of his career right there. Um, yeah. And we just threw Oldman and Hopkins back in a category they've been in a bunch of times for movies that they're not going to, especially Oldman. It feels like, I don't understand that part of Mank getting like, it, it, I like Mank. I don't love Mank as much as some other people. Yeah. Oldman certainly did not impress me in the film. It's a Gary Oldman performance, but it is not a Gary Oldman performance that stands out among uh, the guy's entire career. And I think Lindo is truly fantastic in Defy Bloods. Yeah, and this is the clear lock. Like, if you have a million dollars right now, you go bet it on Chadwick Boseman. Your odds will be terrible because uh, he's very clearly the favorite. He's probably like a, a minus 800 favorite or something. Um, yeah. So you're not going to get good odds. But yeah, he's he's probably the biggest lock in the entire Oscar right now. Uh, yeah. I agree. Um, and to comment on the Gary Oldman thing, yeah, he's not the star of that movie. David Fincher's the star of that movie. Uh, yeah, for real. It's 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 not Gary Oldman. Uh, so let's go over to best actress in a leading role. Uh, we have uh, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Um, I have not seen The United States versus Billie Holiday yet. She won the Golden Globe, uh, but uh, I hear the movie is good, but uh, I think it's on Hulu or Amazon. I'll, I'll watch it. Hulu. She's nominated, but um, honestly, to me, this is this is last year. I'm in a time loop, as uh, as Mark Ruffalo would say in Age of Ultron. I feel like this is the last year situation where it was so locked that what's her face was going to win for Judy. Um, 
Why can't I think Renee her? Zellweger? Renee Zellweger. Everybody was saying she was gonna win. She was gonna win. She was gonna win. And I was holding out till the last moment that Scarlett Johansson was gonna win for Marriage Story. I was praying to the Oscar gods it was gonna happen, and it didn't happen. And I feel like the same thing is gonna happen again this year, where Frances McDormand is going to win her third Oscar, which she deserves because she's great in the movie. But I want Carrie Mulligan to win so bad. I think she deserves it. Um, Vanessa Kirby's very good in Pieces of a Woman. The movie quite never gets past the first 30 minutes, uh, but she's excellent in the movie nonetheless. And Viola Davis is great as always. Uh, you, I just don't think she has a shot in the hell of winning. Uh, Lucas, what do you think? I mean, Vanessa Kirby is such a bizarre, like she was guaranteed to get this nomination because that movie has no buzz. It hasn't had buzz in months, but like, it just felt like there was never another performance that came along that was ever going to bump her. They just never wasn't, there was never a six that was really in contention. Um, I don't like that movie very much. Um, a, a certain actor really is really bad in it and really is, they spend way too much time with him. Um, Jaya, obviously. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's pretty terrible in it. Um, I think Carrie Mulligan is going to win. I, I think Carrie Mulligan is going to win because um, it is not easy to win a lot of, Oscars as an actress, especially. And I don't think McDormand is going to get another one. I think that the thing that we, we started this Oscar year out waiting for the movie that was going to knock McDormand off the pedestal because everyone was like, she's clearly great in Nomadland. This is the biggest movie of the year. This is probably the best picture winner, but they're not going to give it to her again, are they? And I think Carrie Mulligan kind of, that's the performance I think that is going to be easy to push as, um, Best actress, especially if the rest of the movie doesn't get the nominations. If you want to give one award to Promising a Woman, you give it to Carrie Mulligan, and no one will be unhappy about that. Go. Yeah, uh, I think I, I I've been saying it since January. I think Davis and McDormand split the vote because they're the two that just won. Uh, I think if you really really like McDormand. She's going to win an Oscar this year. She's nominated for producing Nomadland. You give Nomadland Best Picture, you give McDormand another Oscar. Um, but I, So they, I don't think they feel too bad about not giving her Best Actress. I think Davis just won for Fences not too long ago. Uh, I don't see... I think Bozeman's the performance they're talking about from Ma Rainey. I don't think they're going to double up on him. I think this is the year where Mulligan actually gets an Oscar. Uh, and they, wanna, they want Promising Young Woman to be able to say Oscar-winning movie, Promising Young Woman. And they can't do it in director. They can't really do it in picture. And no one's going to look at them for ed winning. Ed if it wins editing, that's not like a really flashy enough award for them to be like, oh, it's an Oscar winner. I, I could totally see Carrie Mulligan walking away with an Oscar for Promising Young Woman. And I hope it happens because she's my favorite of those five. All right. Uh, the last one we're going to talk about because we're running out of time. There's a lot of other stuff I wanted to say. Uh, yeah. Score, soul, uh I cut out again. There's tons Darius of Wilson. I wanted to make a joke about how fandom Oscars is once again proven pointless because we have just sound now and not sound editing and mixing. <laughs> and I hate that category with all my heart and soul. Fuck you, Coho. I'd um, also like to throw a quick shout out to Darius Wolski, who did the cinematography fee for News of the World, who got his first Oscar nomination. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's Pirates of the Caribbean, you're vindicated. Lots of other stuff to dissect, but the last one we're going to talk about uh, is director. Uh, so we are talking about. Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Um, we lost Regina King along the way. Makes me sad. 
Uh, we lost uh, Sorkin, but he got the screenplay nod, so I don't really care. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. Um, I really hope Fincher doesn't win. I love David Fincher. I like a lot of his movies. I think Mank is my second least favorite Fincher movie uh, besides Alien 3. <laughs> so, uh, and it's not because I think it's a bad movie. I just, I don't, I don't love it. Uh, I, but he directs the hell out of it. So it makes sense. But I mean, are we, it's going to be Chloe Zhao. It ha like at this point, it's going to be Chloe Zhao. And I don't think there's, there's much else to say. I, I think Vinterberg getting in there for another round is really cool. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I, everybody I've talked to that has seen it loves it. So these nominations are good, uh, but yeah, it's going to Chloe's out. I just don't see it going any other way. Coho, what about you? It's a solid five. I it would have been even better if we bumped Fincher for King. Uh, would have been perfect five almost. Uh, but yeah, uh, when they said Thomas Vinterberg another round, I screamed audibly. I was like, oh shit, that was the weird one. I'm happy he's a now an Oscar nominee. He he does a great job of that movie. It's deserving. Uh, but this is Chloe's house, uh, and it's 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 basically been since Nomadland came out. And everyone's been saying it's hers. Uh, and originally it was supposed to be Nomadland coupled with Eternals in one year to be this is the year of Chloe Zhao. But um, but yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna give her that Oscar, and, and she does a great job with Nomadland, so I can't be mad. Lucas, um, my biggest happy surprise of Oscars was watching Sorkin get knocked out of the category for Venterberg. Um, significantly just better directing job. I actually think Sorkin's direction in Trial of the Chicago 7 is kind of bad. I think he's a kind of bad director of that film. Um, I, I generally think that movie is better if you give him a different director. He writes the screenplay and you have a director who can rein him in. Um, sure. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good category. I, I think the only person who could take Zhao's Oscar is Edward is Emerald Fennel because that's the other person who's kind of hot um, new thing that's like they're going to, you know, they could potentially give an award to. I don't think Fincher is going to win. I don't think he really has much of a shot, especially considering uh, they didn't get screenplay. I mean, I feel like if that movie was going to get any of the high-end awards, it was going to get screenplay because that's kind of the legacy of the film is the fact that his dad wrote the film like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, um, that was I think, a cool story. Yeah, it's weird that like, you know, him and Oldman get nominated, but his dad doesn't. That feels weird in terms of like them surprised that they didn't do a better job telling that narrative or maybe people just didn't buy into the narrative of Mank as you know, the Jack Fincher story rather than the David Fincher story. Um, it's a good, it's a good group of best director. I don't really have a big problem with that. Um, rip to Boatman's dad. Uh, so guys, that's all the Oscar talk we're going to have this evening because like I said, we have run out of time, but uh, this was great. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you two. Uh, I said, Maggie, you want to be on the show? And she said, who's going to be on? I said, Coho and Lucas. And she goes, Lucas. I said, He's an Oscars guy. She goes, well, then I don't need to be there. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. I also, like, that's I there. Almost forgot. I almost forgot. Ryan Coogler is now an Oscar nominee, and that makes me happy. Oh, he produced, he produced Judas. He produced Judas. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, guys, uh, thank you for watching the show. We will be back next week. Same time, same multiplex channel uh, where we are talking the movie news. So, uh, we'll be back. And... We'll see you at the Oscars on April 25th, I believe. So uh, yeah, we'll more than likely do a special then. So guys, thank you for watching. Grab a Michelob Ultra. Kiss your loved ones. Bye. You're still here? It's over.
She's out of our hair And just when I dare to care She says, au contraire You're my pair of friends I love you <laughs> Keep it together, man